one state leading the way, pushing back against divisive DEI policies in schools, and drag queens. The Oklahoma Superintendent of Public Instruction, Ryan Walters, will be my guest today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Educate. I'm Liz Collin. Also ahead, Ryan Walters talks about how kids in his state will learn their history and teachers can keep the faith. Good day, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us here on Educate. We're going to get to those stories, a very thought-provoking conversation, I think, uh, with Ryan Walters from Oklahoma coming up in just a moment. But first, welcome to Educate. We are here to take a deep dive into education. We're also showing you ways to get involved, to show up, to stand up, and to speak up on behalf of your kids, our kids. The central issues of education providing criticism and positive solutions to problems. My name is Liz Collin. I'll be your host here for the next hour. I am a Minnesota-based journalist with Alpha News, alphanews.org, where we cover an awful lot about what you won't see on the news about our school systems. Not so much what the media is telling you, but what they are not. One shameless plug before we begin today, more than 7 million of you have already tuned in, but if you're not one of them, please watch The Fall of Minneapolis. It's a free documentary on Rumble. On YouTube, you'll find it there too, but it's the truth behind what you don't know, what you weren't told about the death of George Floyd. I helped to produce the documentary. It was a, a long project with uh, some some great partners uh, at Alpha News, but The New American was so kind to recently feature the documentary in its new magazine, so I'll hope you'll uh, check that out as well. Joe Wolverton wrote a, a great piece uh, about what the documentary uh, shows and how it's helping to to wake people up all across the country. So head to thefallofminneapolis.com for much more. That link will help you get to to the Rumble link. But head to thefallofminneapolis.com to watch that documentary about an hour and a half in, in length. But I'm a wife, and I think most importantly for this show, a mom. Happy to help you as we navigate this crazy world of education together here on Educate. So with that, I'd like to set up what's been happening when it comes to DEI before introducing our guest in the very next segment. So DEI, right? We have diversity, equity, and inclusion. Allegedly, uh, that's what it's supposed to stand for. I think we all went from probably not even knowing what that was uh, years ago to having it rammed down our throats, it seems, on almost a daily basis, whether in our schools in our workplace, but is it on its way out? I think that is the question that many now are asking. You know, this article recently caught my eye from Forbes. It was uh, published uh, a few months back, but the, the headline, Why Business Leaders Are Pulling the Plug on DEI. This is by uh, Sean Harper, uh, again from this summer on Forbes. But a shaky, uncertain economy isn't the real reason. The article says, quote, nevertheless, it's being used as the excuse for getting rid of chief diversity officers, significantly reducing DEI budgets and staffs and pivoting to raceless, all lives matter style workplace culture initiatives. It's happening across all industries. Uh, the article reads most intensively in larger corporations. But why and why now? Just three years uh, after business leaders made such bold declarations of their commitments to DEI and anti-racism following uh, they call it the murder of George Floyd. Uh, so again, so many consequences from this situation that happened here in Minneapolis uh, with George Floyd, the death of George Floyd. Uh, and, and this ties into exactly what we're talking about on Educate today. So they're they're saying the reasons why in this Forbes article, the commitment wasn't real. 
quote, black employees were rightfully skeptical of what leaders were saying in June 2020 about their organization's newfound commitments to DEI. Prior experiences within those workplace contexts made them and other employees of color doubtful of the switch that had been flipped overnight. It felt uh, performative, like the company had merely jumped on a bandwagon to not appear racist in the wake of all of this. Those leaders weren't actually committed, at least not for the long haul. So again, George Floyd corporate DEI response efforts were haphazard, the article says. Many companies, of course, pledging millions of dollars uh, to things like Black Lives Matter, other DEI councils, they, the compromised of employees whose hearts were in the right place, but they lacked subject matter expertise, and they most certainly were not qualified to develop substantial DEI strategy. And then we have too much anti-racism at once, another reason. Uh, talking talking about that in this story. Anti-blackness, because the, the 2020 summer of racial reckoning was in response to a white police officer, again, allegedly murdering uh, an unarmed black man. Anti-racism was the emphasis of many DEI activities at the time. Uh, so again, so many reasons it seems uh, corporations are pulling the plug, but they are doing so quietly. Keep, keep that in mind. They're not advertising so much, which is what I love about our next guest, who seems to want to do this out in the open, who speaks for a lot of us. So anytime corporate America seems to begin things, uh, it seems classrooms catch up. Sometimes it works the other way around. Schools start things, and then Is corporations want to play catch up. Is it true we can start having uh, these conversations with our kids as early as So we have the, the DEI you situation trickle in uh, to our classrooms. It's uh, a, a big, big here in, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, <laughs> where I'm based, <laughs> no doubt. We have the Heritage Foundation that I thought was a pretty telling commentary. Just from last year, DEI has Make it we part do of the not need conversation. Uh, more and of it. This how is you can by do Jonathan it is just, just pick some money uh, words. Words again what words with are very the Heritage important to know. Foundation. You get to know how to use but, money. But key takeaways from this story, DEI offices accomplish a little more than producing a lot so of bureaucratic sound and fury on the taxpayers' dime. The racial problems in schools remain astronomical, according to federal officials. So why do they think we need more of the same DEI? And the third here, they should opt for something different, say lessons on the shared American values of equality as much as freedom all the shoes that you have in the house. Yeah, you know, or something to make it look so tangible. More in common than, than anything different. So this reads, quote, school districts across the country have established diversity, equity and inclusion DEI offices to reduce discrimination. And the Department of Education regularly touts the value of DEI programs to quell bias. Yet nationwide school officials reported a record number of discrimination complaints last year. So how could that be? In truth, studies show that DEI offices accomplished little more than producing a lot of bureaucratic sound and fury again on the taxpayer's dime. Some of the complaints came from parents or children with special needs who reported that schools neglected their children during the pandemic. But that did not seem to keep the New York Times from blaming conservative lawmakers. Uh, sound familiar? Who the newspaper reported asserted rolled black civil rights protections. Uh, rolled back, I should say, black civil rights protections by rejecting the bias and discrimination inherent in DEI programs inspired by critical race theory. Quote, again, the number of complaints logged in 2020, there were 19,000 of them and some 19% higher than the record number reported back in 2016, the year before uh, former President Donald Trump took office. Yet DEI efforts were already well underway back then. So I, th I think a, a good article to check out uh, when you have the time, a commentary. Uh, this dates back actually to January 20th of 2023 by the Heritage Foundation, but it really delves in deep into what's happening all across uh, the, the classrooms ac across the country with this DEI policy. 
But I think the last paragraph of the article summarizes things well from the Heritage Foundation. Quote, evidence on DEI's program's effectiveness is not missing. The research demonstrates failure. Teachers, parents, and students do not need lawmakers to reinforce these efforts. Rather, they should opt for something different. Say, lessons on the shared American values of equality under the law, freedom, and opportunity. That's why I'm so excited to bring in our guest today coming up in the very next segment, Ryan Walters. I hope you follow him on X. He has a lot to say. Uh, A great guest, the Oklahoma Superintendent of Public Instruction. We're going to go ahead and tackle DEI. What does he think DEI actually stands for? We're also going to talk about drag queens. I think it's crazy. We live in a world now that drag queens have become a part of our education system. How in the heck is something like this controversial to not want your children to see? We're going to talk about all of that. Also, his background, uh, his his story as an educator is quite interesting, uh, how he starts out as an educator in his hometown, his family, and his faith. Also, what he thinks of the media, who seems to villainize him at each and every turn, which of course means that he is doing something right. Uh, But how in so many ways, I think that even before Florida, uh, they've been leading the way in, in Oklahoma. What they're doing in education is quite telling. So again, our conversation with the Oklahoma Superintendent of Public Instruction, Ryan Walters, is coming up. This show is brought to you by The New American. For more, visit thenewamerican.com. Again, you're listening to Educate. Oh, honey, it's great protein. Don't be picky. Eat your crickets. Many are following the lead of the United Nations to replace your meat diet with an insect diet. It's an all-out war on meat, farmers and ranchers. Don't let new green policies place controls on your life and overall freedoms. It's time to get us out of the UN. Go to JBS.org or call 800-JBS-USA-1. Welcome back to Educate. I'm Liz Collin. An educator standing up to the madness. Frankly, he is a rare find. It is my pleasure to introduce the Oklahoma Superintendent of Public Instruction, Ryan Walters. Thank you, sir, so much for joining me. I've been actually been wanting to have you on for, for quite a while now. How are you? I'm great, and I really appreciate you having me on, Liz. I appreciate the work you're doing, so I'm really excited to be on. I know you've been making headlines. Well, we got to start there. Refreshing headlines. Uh, I, I will say you have a, a friendly audience here. But uh, for, for all you're doing in Oklahoma, which, of course, only means you have to be uh, attacked for it. I think that that's just the way it goes nowadays. Uh, but let's start with the moves you announced uh, just recently, Ryan, at a meeting of the State Board of Education last month. That's where you introduced some initiatives to eliminate all DEI programs, drag queen related activities, and stop any funding or staffing that contribute to those programs. But just give us some background uh, to set the scene a bit for our audience uh, on this issue. What was brewing? What were you seeing happening in classrooms, in in schools that that troubled you and and sort of led you to to take these steps? Uh, Absolutely. And, you know, it's it's been one of these really, uh, really sad, scary um, events. And what we've seen are pedophiles targeting our kids 
in our public schools. And, you know, and it goes back to, you know, uh, we really started digging in about a year ago of uh, complaints of sexual allegations on school property. We then saw the pornographic material that was being discussed in schools. We saw active grooming of kids um, by some of the adults in the schools. And we began digging into these things and saying that, okay, first of all, you have these radical leftists that, that are pushing for more sexual conversations to take place in schools. Secondly, you have the teachers union out defending those conversations, right? Then you have perpetrators that have actually sexually assaulted kids. Um, we have got multiple instances of that here in Oklahoma, um, whether it be a coach or a teacher or a school employee with young children. And of course, you have the teachers unions that then go out and defend um, all of these perpetrators. So, so what you've got here is a situation where the left has brought the sexual content into our schools which has led to all these sexualized conversations. And then you've got this grooming that's occurred and these sexual assaults that have happened on school property. And so what we have announced is that automatically once these investigations start and what we saw schools do as well, they would allow the perpetrator to resign, not do an investigation. So you'd have a sexual assault happen. They don't investigate it. They don't bring it public. They allow the person to resign. And then guess what we find out? They've gone to another school and done it again. I mean, it's just outrageous to see adults entrusted with our kids not take this problem seriously. And so what we've said is, number one, if you're under investigation for this, you're automatically suspended. Okay. Number two, schools have to share with us the evidence they have around an assault of a minor in, in their schools. We had districts that were refusing to give us videotaped evidence of these assaults. We are then going to suspend their licenses so they can't teach in Oklahoma again. And we are going to be turning over all these investigations and working more closely with law enforcement to ensure that this individual is out of their school. They can't teach again and they're uh, prosecuted the fullest extent of the law. And that's what absolutely has to happen to get this problem under control. So I know making uh, some of these changes obviously is not going to, to happen overnight. Again, we're talking to the Oklahoma Superintendent of Public Instruction, his official title, Ryan Walters, a uh, guy who has a lot of a power over, over education in, in Oklahoma. Um, but are, are people supportive of these measures? Just give us a, a temperature of, of the state of Oklahoma. I, you know, I just can't imagine, you know, you're even talking about the, these school districts. Why would there be any pushback? Why is this even <laughs> controversial? So the controversy comes in of no, not the the average Oklahoman is 100 percent behind this. The you know the yeah. parent is behind the parents are behind this. Your most of your teachers are too. And, you know, and that's the thing here is you know most of your teachers get into the profession to go in and work with kids and help them, and that's 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 you know they have great hearts. But what we have allowed because of the teachers' unions is you have allowed these social justice justice activists into the classroom. You've allowed. The individuals that are sexual deviants into the classroom. We have drag queens. We are we are removing drag queens from our schools too. We've had multiple drag queens um, hired as administrators in our schools, and you just see how we've allowed this over sexualization of children in. And so the unions fight back on me on this. We've got groups like the Administrators Association fights back on this. The School Board Association fights back on this. But but what they want is they want no accountability. You know, they, they love the whole, well, you know, we're taking care of this. Let's continue to sweep it under the rug. And and they don't like the bad PR from it. And I've told them, guys, I'm not worried about bad PR. I'm worried about saving kids and helping kids. The mm -hmm. fact that anybody sees an assault of a child and thinks about PR and thinks about 
what this looks like for the school, I told them what you should be more worried about is if you don't act on this kid's behalf and another kid gets hurt, how can you live with yourself? Number one, number two, how can you look these parents in the eye and say you didn't act from it? And number three, frankly, we told them, Hey, I'm not going to allow you to be an administrator in the state any longer if you turn a blind eye to this stuff. So we're also going to go after those enablers in the school districts. We've also told districts, if you don't have good hiring policies and you aren't removing individuals, once you find out about this behavior, we will take your accreditation. So we're not going to allow you to continue to exist as a school if you're going to be a breeding ground for pedophiles. Our last couple of minutes in this segment, I did want to talk more about drag queens. I find it amazing uh, that this is even a, a conversation you have to have with with educators nowadays. But again, my guest is Ryan Walters, the Oklahoma superintendent of public construction. But you have an elementary school uh, facing calls to fire its drag queen principal. Uh, then I know colleges in Oklahoma spending tens of thousands of dollars, it seems, on drag queen performers. Uh, some specific language, though, now um, updating a, a teacher code of conduct, I understand. But if you could I- explain that a, a bit more, um, how you're pushing back on that, Mr. Walters. Absolutely. So we've had a situation in Oklahoma where we had a drag queen administrator who went out and in this persona um, had a drag queen story hour um, with a local library, um, went out on this persona uh, advertising he was an administrator and actively recruiting other drag queens to come and work for him. Um, and, and, and we're going, how in the world could could this behavior, how, how could you walk in to a school as a drag queen out there talking with minors and then walk into, I mean, you know, what has happened in society? Right. So what we have said is, look, we, are pa- we passed a rule um, um, about teacher code of conduct, which said, listen, Anything that's viewed as, as sexually inappropriate with children um, being made available to children outside the school day um, um, is going to be reflective of your teacher licensure. I mean, you can't go and have, um, you know, an OnlyFans account or be a stripper and be actively with and, and if these were targeted towards children and then walk into a school the next day. Um, you know, this this seems like common sense, but somewhere around the line, this this got lost. I mean, again, this. 20 or 30 years ago that this would not have been an issue. But so what we're doing is we are uh, clarifying that language to say, listen, you can't have this incredibly sexually provocative um, um, uh, actions with kids present at any time and then walk in and for parents to have that trust for you to be alone with their kids. We just can't have it. So if you want to be a teacher, um, you, you have to be able to maintain that type of code of conduct around the clock. You just, you just can't be um, exposing yourself to kids in that way. And so, uh, yeah, we're one of the first states to actually put that and clarify so that we can get this problem under control. Again, Ryan Walters, the Oklahoma Superintendent of Public Instruction. We have much more to come in our next segment with uh, this interview, so please stand by. But again, you're listening to Educate with Liz Collin. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Educate. I'm Liz Collin. My guest this week is Ryan Walters, the Oklahoma Superintendent of Public Instruction. I was joking that he actually says uh, the, the things that that most people think, uh, anybody with common sense anyway, but he actually uh, 
is brave enough to, to say it out loud. So we, we were talking uh, about uh, drag queens, as crazy as it sounds, to uh, to even have that conversation. But I wanted to switch gears uh, a, a bit with some other things that, that you're specifically targeting in the state of Oklahoma, uh, that being uh, DEI. I know you have a little bit of a twist when it comes to DEI, what you think it really actually stands for. Uh, but but categorize that that a bit. Um, you know, it's it seems especially where I am uh, in in Minnesota, uh, kids are told they're oppressors or victims based on their their skin color and and the kind of message that that sends. But what you're doing in in Oklahoma, I think you're really leading the way. It seems like Florida is getting a lot of credit, uh, but you guys were doing this long long before uh, that that state was, from what I understand. Yeah, that, that's right. We, we banned DEI in, in our K-12 schools a few months ago. Um, you know, I, I said, look, really, it's more accurately called divide, exclude, and indoctrinate, because that's that's what they've done. I mean, we had kids going on white privilege walks um, with their teachers here in Oklahoma. The absurdity of standing white kids in front of the class and saying, well, listen, you know, you've got to kind of atone for your sins here in front of everyone. It, it just shows you how heinous this ideology goes and what ends up happening is you, you teach students to, to uh, not trust each other, to divide each other based on racial lines when they didn't think that way till you started um, indoctrinating them this way. And, and so what we've seen is, so we banned um, the material, uh, we banned any DEI in hiring practices. So you're not going to utilize that in, in a hiring of teachers or administrators. And then number three, we, we banned, um, DEI is part of personnel. You're not going to hire a DEI officer or these type of things. And again, what we've seen is, you know, I always give people this example that well, we found a school that had a nine page guide on how to deal with transgenderism and LGBTQ with their kids. And the same, you know, and, and the district had a reading guide on how to teach literacy that was two and a half pages. So you, you tell me, have we got things out of whack or not? Well, we're giving teachers this massive training on you know, transgenderism and then, you know, this little, you know, much smaller guide on how to teach literacy. And we're not going to allow that. You know, you see these res- these student outcomes are reflective of that. We have gotten way off the mark in education. We've allowed left-wing ideologues, the teachers union, the Biden administration to inject this into our schools and take away from the primary mission, which is creating good citizens and, and, and giving kids uh, the ability to live up to their God-given potential. And that comes with getting back to the basics and reading, writing, math, science, real history. Not that the country is an evil, racist place, but we want our kids to be proud of their country. We want them to understand that America is the greatest country in the world because of those founding principles. And how how, how do you do that if you don't even know what the founding principles are? So, um, you know, this DEI undermines every bit of American exceptionalism. It is amazing to even see some of these woke executives now turning on, hey, you know, they're even they're even kicking out some of these DEI programs because they see like this is absolutely not conducive to a workplace culture. They are they are driving division. They are they are frankly lying to individuals. And so, yeah, we're just not going to allow it here in the state of Oklahoma. Yeah, you know, it's sold under this d- diversity, equity, and inclusion. But you're absolutely right; it's uh, it's anything but. But the the difference is these corporations are, are very quiet uh, when they remove them. You know, these policies from their website and whatnot. They have not not much to to say. Uh, about it, no doubt. I'm curious too. You know, as longtime educators such as yourself, uh, no secret, Oklahoma is a red state, and and you think, gosh, this is actually happening in Oklahoma. What's going through your mind when you're, you know you're seeing these these policies? And was this an eye opener for for you to even know that this is actually happening? You know, in, in your home state as well. So 
Yes. And it was, you know, and that's where I think it's, it's eye opening for, you know, all, all your listeners to go. And we're a very red state. I mean, every county voted for Donald Trump in the last two elections. Every county. We're the only state that happened. Um, the, but uh, what you see here is even in the reddest of states, leftists still control so much of what's going on in education. They control higher ed. And they now control our K-12 schools through the teachers union, through the federal government's intervention, through the Department of Education um, and through these woke administrators that they've got in all of these districts. And so, you know, what we've seen is, you know, I was a teacher. You know, unfortunately, I always tell people this example of I was sitting in a training. I was a history teacher. I'm sitting in a training one day and um, the presenter talks about, you know, and they were a history teacher here in the state of Oklahoma. And they said, you know, I I, am. I have trouble, you know, really talking about the Declaration of Independence with my kids and really presenting anything positive about it. Um, Because, I mean, Thomas Jefferson was a slave owner. And so, really, I don't know how you view this in a positive light at all. Mm. And I'm kind of taken aback for a moment. And there's two or three other history teachers in Oklahoma that chime in and go, yeah, I'm with you. I don't even, uh, we don't cover it in a positive light at all. And so I finally speak up. This is, you know, years ago now. I speak up and go, how can you be a history teacher here in the state of Oklahoma and not understand the Declaration of Independence, change the course of human events, change the course of world history, started with the underlying premise that our rights are endowed by our creator and government can't take them. I mean, if you don't understand, how can you teach the history of America to a classroom if you have no conceptual understanding of it? But they were so woke, and this was years ago, and it has gotten progressively worse ever since. And so, and I'll tell you, I I now run the Department of Education, and I had to clean up house. I had to fire over 100 employees, just just terrible, terrible woke leftists that were embedded in the State Department of Education. My, my predecessor was a Democrat. And, and you see this all over um, the, the country, even in red states, because of the unions, because of the administrators associations and the school board associations, the left has a tremendous amount of power in education. And I love to, uh, I know you're pretty active on X, as it's called now. Um, but you you have a, a video out there and, and you say, you, you know, very bluntly, you're going to know your history uh, if you are a student in Oklahoma and decline is a choice. Um, so I think those are, again, th- things that a lot of people think, but but don't say uh, out loud. Look, I, I couldn't agree more, you know, to me, you know, why why did I become a history teacher? I became a history teacher because I was inspired by a teacher who really connected this for me of the, the, you know, the more I dig into American history, the more I love this country, the more, the more that I, I want to play a role in it as a citizen to help us continue to be that great country. And I wanted to do that for young people. And, and you see how we have gone so far the other way by confusing and lying and indoctrinating young people. And I, I firmly believe, like, as you pointed out, I mean, decline is a choice. If we don't correct our education system, um, this is a this is a fatal trajectory for the country. It, it is existential. It, you see it in history, right? Uh, civilizations, countries that completely lose their way and lose the, any kind of understanding of what what their guiding principles are. We've got the best guiding principles in the history of the world, but we know from studying other countries, if you stray from those types of prim- premises, uh, you are going to be doomed to fail. I'd like to talk a little bit more about your your background in our next next segment, but I'm not exactly sure how you juggle this all. You're a father of four, is that right? That's right. <laughs> okay. 
Because you, you do definitely seem to, to have a lot of energy, so I'm not exactly sure how that's possible since you're not, probably not sleeping. Um, <laughs> so you're able to take care of the, the students of Oklahoma and the and the children in, in your own home, which which is remarkable. Uh, but but real quick here, do, but before we go to break, just just summarize uh, you, your career a, a bit. You were a high school history teacher, as as you've mentioned uh, uh, b- before, but in your in your hometown, I understand. Yeah. So by the way, uh, having an incredible wife is, is, is how, how you, you ah, juggle these things. So she's right there with me every step of the way. She is a fighter for our kids, our, our kids and Oklahoma kids. So that's, that's how I can pull that off. But, um, yeah, you know, I was a teacher, I was a, you know, uh, a teacher of the year finalist for the state of Oklahoma. And so I really got engaged on policy and how we improve things, um, in my hometown. I then stepped out of that role and started working, um, with the governor, I was a, a policy advisor for our governor. He kind of plugged me out of of, uh, of these other roles where I'd been advising in. And, and then as I began to get more and more engaged on, hey, look, we've got to get the unions out of our schools and get parents more in our schools. We've got to introduce merit pay for our teachers. We've got to have universal school choice. I was being obstructed every step of the way by our statewide elected superintendent who was running the agency and just stacking it full of leftists. So I ran for that office and was able to, to win a, 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 by a huge margin in our election. And so now I, I am uh, the statewide elected official over education. So we're really able to implement these things very, very quickly. We'll have more with Brian Walters uh, on Oklahoma education and more coming up next. This show is brought to you by The New American. For more, visit thenewamerican.com. The John Birch Society has been working tirelessly since 1958 to preserve freedom, safeguard the Constitution, and restore our God-given rights. We continually educate voters and lead the freedom movement. Join us as we work against a tyrannical one-world government. United as one, we can defeat this conspiracy against a free America. JBS founder Robert Welch said, education is our total strategy and truth our only weapon. Go to JBS.org and join us in restoring this great nation. Welcome back to Educate. Again, this is Liz Collin, and my guest this week, he uh, has a great conversation, I I must say. I've been wanting to get him on the show for for quite a while now, the Oklahoma Superintendent of Public Instruction, Ryan Walters. Uh, Something we can also talk about on, on the show, uh, you know, family, family, obviously important. But what, what strikes me is faith is important to you as well. And you seem to to bring that up quite a bit. But but talk about that. How big a role do, does faith play in the decisions uh, that you're making? And I also think, uh, you know, there, there's some freedom here that you want that to play a role for, for teachers as well, whereas that seems to be hidden uh, in other states where there's some different policies uh, that, that, you know, keep, keep the faith out of the classroom. But talk a little bit more about that. Well, my, you know, my faith is what drives me first. I'm a Christian first and, um, you know, um, um, I'm a believer. And um, for me, you know, that's ultimately who I answer to is God. And so in everything I do, that's always been my prayer is to to do God's will and everything that, that I that I can and for God to use me to try to help in any way I can um, what his will is. And so, you know, my wife and I and kids are very faithful um, to our faith. And, and so, you know, when you look at things through that lens, it, it, it further even frustrates me to see the founders of our country believed that the freedom of religion was so important. They ingrained it in our constitution. We have got several mentions of the free expression of your religious beliefs, um, uh, you know, in, in the constitution. And, and what you see there is since 1960s, 
We've seen the Supreme Court really weaponize the federal government against Christianity, especially in schools. We had 1962 Engel versus Vitale, where they took prayer out of school. They've since just strengthened that and really become more aggressive, where teachers are scared to mention God in school. They're scared to wear a crucifix around their neck. They're scared to have a Bible verse on their desk. Mm-hmm. And this was never the intention of our founding fathers. And, and so in Oklahoma, you know, we've reintroduced, hey, we're going to do a minute of silence for kids to pray if they want. And again, we're not making them pray, but it's if we, we want to show that continued belief of if your family has a faith, it's important enough that we're going to, for us to protect that time for you to, for you to pray. We want you to see that, that it's important for us to recognize the role that faith plays in many families. Uh, we are going to absolutely teach that the founders um, believe that Judeo-Christian beliefs were essential in this country being great. Uh, we're going to make sure that our kids understand the Great Awakening, the role it played in the um, the building of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, what it, what they meant by you were endowed by your creator with certain alienable rights. And again, this is history. And so that's what, when the left tries to take all these things out of school and claim you know, that this is somehow, and they use that phrase, separation of church and state, which is nowhere in the Constitution. So they have they have weaponized a term that and twisted it. Um, but uh, what we've seen is, again, they have re- tried to rewrite history. And the reality is history is history. That's what happened. That's what our founders believed. Um, that's not saying everybody has to be a Christian. That's not saying everybody has to believe a certain way. But you've got to tell kids why the founders you know, made the decisions they did and what they thought was important to the country and let them come to their own conclusions on the way they want to live their life. But you don't lie to them about our nation's past. Well, it seems obvious that this is the exact reason you are such a target uh, by the left. And I found it uh, amazing as I was going through just headlines, how the press has treated you, uh, of course. And I'm curious, just as as we close here, what your thoughts are uh, on the media, how you have uh been portrayed. I just uh, thought this Huffington Post article was was quite comical about uh, Ryan Walters smears Oklahoma educators while proposing uh, new rules. You're called it the, the controversial Oklahoma State Superintendent of Schools and your extreme uh, comments that were made. And then at the very end of this article, it talks about how the stakes have never been higher as the 2024 presidential race heats up. Give money to the, the Huffington Post. Uh, basically, that was how the <laughs> The uh, article seemed to to summarize it, it itself. But what are your thoughts about that? How the, how the media ha- has portrayed your message? Oh, look, the media is absolutely a weapon of the left. I mean, the, the corporate media structure is absolutely there to attack and deride conservatives and conservative ideas. That's what they're that's what they do. You know, now I still interact a lot with the media. You know, I, I I'm very available to the press. You know, I, I do a lot of public events. I allow the press to embed themselves to come and, you know, and I'm just really direct with them. Like, I'm not going to beat around the bush. Here's what I think. And they always try to portray it that way, but you know, I'm not a controversial among most parents. I'm not controversial among most of Wyoming's, but they always try to, you know, put their spin on things. But the reality is, is look, people know the, the press is absolutely part of a, of a liberal movement. People understand that. And so they can't fool anybody anymore. So, you know, like I said, I still, you know, I'm very accessible to press, talk to them very, very much. And I'm just real direct with them. And, and I'm always going to be direct with Oklahomans um, and just tell them, Hey guys, you know, here's what I've heard from you, which is why I'm, I'm going to act in this way. And Oklahomans have responded incredibly supportively to the work we're doing. They know that, you know, I went around the state, all counties and and talked to everybody I could and and really listened. Um, And this is what parents want. Parents want education to be back on track. They want to focus on the basics. They don't want their kids to be social experiments of the left. They want their kids to live great lives and have a good quality of life and and to be employable. 
And that's what we're going to get our education system back on track for. If people want to uh, follow you uh, on social media or, or wherever the best place, place to go uh, is, uh, again, the Oklahoma Superintendent of Public Instruction, Ryan Walters, uh, tell our audience where they can follow your work. Absolutely. And thanks for letting me have that shout out. Yeah, on Twitter. We're really active on Twitter. Um, we got into it with Gavin Newsom a few weeks ago on Twitter. He kind of came at me a little bit. But um, uh, Ryan Walters, superintendent on um, uh, Twitter and, and Facebook. And uh, RyanWaltersForOklahoma.com is our website that we update with, um, you know, kind of here's what we're doing. Here's what's going on. So appreciate any follows there on any of those. And look, hey, I, I love the work you're doing. I so appreciate you having me on the show and really appreciate uh, you fighting for parents and kids. Oh, right, right back at you again, Ryan Walters, the Oklahoma Superintendent of Public Instruction. I hope we can have you have you back on. Keep up the great work in Oklahoma. I would love to come back on. Thank you very much. Thank you. What a great conversation with Ryan Walters, again, the Oklahoma Superintendent of Public Instruction. Uh, lots of good happening in Oklahoma. Restores your faith in humanity a bit, doesn't it? Uh, to hear from someone like himself with a, a vision for moving forward. Uh, but it is interesting, as you know, talking about how the media goes ahead and piles on a bit or how they uh, seem to, you know, look at the exact same situation and see something completely different. You know, talking more about this Huffington Post story, uh, calling Ryan Walters uh, a controversial uh, Oklahoma State Superintendent of Schools, his extreme comments. Uh, a quote here from that story, the controversial Oklahoma State Superintendent of Schools suggested without evidence that the state teachers union and educators were creating a culture that allowed for rampant sexual misconduct against students. What we have seen is radical leftists and the teachers unions turning our schools into Epstein Island, Ryan Walters said at an emergency Oklahoma State Department of Education meeting last week, referring to where Jeffrey Epstein, the late billionaire and sexual predator, of course, would abuse children. Walters went on to propose new policies that he said would protect kids from predators. I guess this is a, a terrible thing for the, the Huffington Post. However, uh, the proposals, which have not been circulated to the public or presented to board members yet are vague and at the stage at this stage rather uh, don't provide schools with clear guidance so again trying to uh, go ahead and smear any way they possibly can uh, Ryan Walters and as his his comments but I think he is definitely one to watch going forward uh, I imagine uh, that he has higher political aspirations uh, in, in Oklahoma, but again, serving as the secretary of public education uh, under the, the governor was selected for that job in 2020. And then as secretary of education responsible for various agencies, boards, commissions, uh, including the state board of education, college and university board of regents or trustees, the office of educational quality and accountability and the state board of career and technology education. But yeah, go ahead and give them a follow on X. Uh, it is interesting to to hear his comments, uh, to see the videos and such, and and be sure to to share them because I think other states are are taking note uh, as well. It is funny though to think about that uh, someone has to talk about drag queens and and DEI uh, nowadays in in education, but saying out loud what many of us have have thought for a long time. Refreshing certainly to to have an extended conversation with someone like Ryan Walters. Coming up in our next episode of Educate, uh, we are looking ahead to some legislative sessions uh, now getting underway, specifically here in the Minnesota area, uh, how legislators are trying to fight back against very uh, leftist policies that they continue to push, especially, uh, as I've said, here in Minnesota, where, where I'm based. So we're going to talk to a state legislator doing what he can 
uh, to try to push back a longtime educator himself. So we're going to go ahead and uh, head to the state capitol, the state capitol in St. Paul, Minnesota, on our next episode of Educate. Remember to get exclusive digital access to the most informative, nonpartisan, truthful news source for patriotic Americans. Discover a refreshing blend of time-honored values, principles, and insightful perspectives within the pages of the New American Magazine. It's certainly nice to open the pages of, of a magazine nowadays when we all seem to be so glued to our phones and our, and our screens. Delve into a world where tradition is the foundation and exploration knows no bounds. From politics and finance to foreign affairs, environmental, culture, and technology, we bring you an unparalleled array of topics that matter most. For more, visit thenewamerican.com slash educate25. That's right, it's a 25% off deal happening right now. The New American, no more, do more. Again, that's thenewamerican.com slash educate25. Hi, I'm Alan Keyes. I'm the host of IMTV's uh, daily talk show about uh, news and events in America. And I want to say a good word for the New American Magazine. Uh, not only because Alex Newman has joined us as somebody who is periodically hosting a show, but because uh, New American Magazine represents a alternative media that is willing to tell people the truth. Uh, with so much fake news spreading, spreading about and the fact that right now this country is in an existential crisis, we remember who we are and where we come from and what our principles are or we die. Reading New American Magazine can keep you up to the minute on the issues that are challenging us as a people and on which that survival hangs. You can check it out and subscribe at www.thenewamerican.com.